In the name of the triune God, amen. So in a few minutes, I'm going to ask some questions, some big questions, and it's a bit of a risk asking very nervous people very big questions before lunch. It's a good thing the answer is short, the expected answer is short to most of those questions. It's, I do. Do you desire independence on the Holy Spirit to mature as a Christian in the church, to seek the guidance of Christ as you listen for his word, to celebrate his death and life at the table he provides, and to engage in his mission to the world? Now that's a question for people who are professing their faith. It's pretty much the same as one of the questions your parents answered when you were baptized. It's a journey question. Now this is a, this is a question for ruling elders to be. We, and we also ask it when people like me, teaching elders, are ordained. Do you accept the government of this church by sessions, presbyteries, synods, and general assemblies, and do you promise to share in and submit yourself to all lawful oversight therein, and to follow no divisive course, but to seek the peace and unity of Christ among your people and throughout the Holy Catholic Church? Those of us who are old enough to remember will hear the dragnet theme after this question is asked. It's a serious question. It's a destination question. There's a difference between making a commitment to continue on a journey and agreeing that you have arrived at a destination. In our Presbyterian church, we are not comfortable with journey questions and journey commitments. For a long time, the emphasis at profession of faith has been on joining the church, acceptance, arrival. And in many congregations, confirmation has been a sort of graduation from Sunday school, maybe into youth group, but mostly onto the membership role of the congregation. And as much as keeping the membership role up to date, it's a second thing. Today is about first things. But life in our part of the world today isn't about destinations. It's about journeys. That shouldn't surprise us, but it does. Now, as Christians, we know our true final destination isn't in this world, but those of us who are lifers in the church act as though the church is the destination. Today, Cameron and Clara and Elliot and Gabriel C and Gabriel K and Jack and Sean and Sophie, you'll receive certificates you'll be added to the long list of members on the roll. Welcome. You've made it. Have you? Few people today are lucky enough to be able to identify a destination, plan a life that leads to it, and know when they get there. It's good to have goals, aspirations, but how can we be sure of our paths for more than a few steps ahead? Today, the long-range view is clouded by the mists of uncertainty. And circumstances and opportunities call us to change direction. Jesus calls us to discipleship. Now, disciple means learner and follower. 
A learner who follows, a follower who learns. It's about movement, following, a journey, a lifelong journey of learning and discovery. Jesus calls us to mission. That means hard work in the changing world. We may find places to work for a time and a purpose, and we will never be sentenced to hard labor for life. Jesus calls us to service in the changing world, a world of diversity, diversity of people, diversity of need, diversity of ideas. You know, this is a world where we can only say we've never done it that way before and say it with joy, say it with anticipation, not the way we usually say those words in church. Jesus calls us to be the church. We can't forget that. We are accustomed to talking about being in the church and belonging to the church, but our call is to be the church. Wherever we are, in or out, belonging or not, our call is to be the church. And today, Cameron and Clara and Elliot and the two Gabriels and Jack and Sean and Sophie, you'll affirm the faith your parents dared to claim for you in baptism. But just as important as that is that we, as a congregation, will affirm you in your journey. This is one stop along the way. And it's time to take stock. It's time to figure out what you need for the next stage of the journey, whatever that turns out to be for you. You're already preparing to make some really, really serious decisions in your lives, momentous decisions that few of us adults here today had to make in our youth, certainly not things we were asked to think about and decide about in our teens, some of us, to tell the truth, never had to make life-changing decisions. The path was set for many of us. The route was clear. But to know whatever may come, you live in God's unconditional love. God is with you. You are with God. That's what really matters at this point in your lives. To be able to say, I will do my best to live this faith, even if I don't know or can't fully accept all the words of this faith right now, that's worth more than signing in at a destination. The ruling elders we welcome to service and leadership on session today have offered themselves to serve terms, some to complete the terms, of others who have retired or stepped aside because things have changed in their lives. Ordination is for life, doesn't expire at the end of a term, but to be ordained a ruling elder in the church today is to say, for this time in my life, I will offer myself 
when this time is up, I will rest a while and serve again. Maybe on session, maybe somewhere else on a path of mission and service. But this experience, though, will change my life and open my eyes to see what's to come in a new way. Now, that sounds more like a journey than a destination. Now, maybe one day the church will change its vocabulary, maybe even change its rules, to recognize and welcome today's and tomorrow's reality. That it's not about destinations in today's world, it's about journeys. But meantime, we will celebrate and we will come to the table where we will find rich food for the journey. Amen. We continue to worship God now as